You're listening to episode 288 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we near the end of our look at the third and, as it turns out, final season of the Netflix sci-fi series, Travelers. And Sniff. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and, and talk about Sniff, this, this episode we're going to talk about tonight has plenty of opportunities to get out the old kleenex box i'll say that unless you don't like david and then unless you don't like david or marcy as well because it right th- things hit her pretty hard as well right so uh, you know before we go any further uh wayne and i want to thank our patreon patrons past and present for your support throughout our involvement with patreon fred from the netherlands dan cindy mike Harvey and Kenneth, uh, as we've said every time we acknowledge it, really means a lot to us. And, you know, it, we certainly encourage you to become a patron, but you know, if not, uh, you know, look, we understand, you know, the shows we do aren't necessarily for everybody. You may have jumped aboard when we were doing Dark Angel. But when we went to Dark, that didn't really interest you. So so we understand. And, you know, if you choose not to become a patron, we hope you hang around anyway. Yeah. So, but if you're gonna hang around, you know, like, show some love. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> but uh, you know, as we said, the the Patreon account exists to help defray the costs of producing sci-fi TV rewatch. And you know, if we we hope you become a patron, but if not, uh, no worries. All right. Um, oh, I guess I should say, if, if you want to find our Patreon link, you can go to the website, look for the Patreon link on the right side, or just go to Patreon dot com slash sci-fi tv rewatch all right a little bit of news some interesting award news the 2019 canadian screen award nominees have been announced and the winners will be announced to the public march 31st now i'm not going to read every category every nominee but for best dramatic series the one that you know i think is of interest to us and our listeners is vikings nice Best Lead Actor in a Drama Series, Aaron Ashmore, Killjoys. Really? Eric McCormick, Travelers. Yay. Good job, both those guys. Yeah, now that's a tough choice between the two of them. Uh, I don't want to say they're radically different characters. Obviously, there's a much lighter touch in Killjoys. They are radically different characters. Well, well, they are, yes. Um, (laughs) Now, best. You might not want to say it, but they are. I know. Actually, I guess what I was thinking, if I had to choose, I'm yeah. not sure who well, I would. Right, because if you're like, it's almost like apples and oranges, right? Because they're so different, like, requires different, I know I'm going to sound stupid here, different types of acting, right? So, you know, where Aaron Ashmore gets to be a lot funnier and use in each episode, Eric McCormack doesn't really have that option quite so much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, both, hey, they're both nominated. You know, they both get to go to the show. It's cool. Yep. Best. Yes. Is there a show for this? Um, I'm sure there is. I'm guessing it's not going to be available here in the states, but maybe like between periods of a hockey game or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best lead actress in a drama series: Melanie Scrifano from Winona Earp. She plays the titular character in that series, and and she's really good. Again, more along the lines of what Aaron Ashmore does in Killjoys. Mm-hmm. Here's one, uh, you know, I would say I'm surprised, but after the last few episodes of the season we're talking about, I'm not 
Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, Mackenzie Porter, Travelers. Sure. So, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, you know, just based on the strength of the episode we're going to talk about today, you know, yeah, yeah, would uh, put her up there. Yep. Best guest performance by an actor in a drama series, Enrico Colantoni from Travelers and the episode Ave Machina, which I believe was the first episode of the season. Okay. Best achievement in hair, Killjoys for Spormageddon, and I don't remember what was going on in that episode, and Winona <laughs> Earp, Blood Red and Going Down. Best costume design, Killjoys, and Winona Earp. So. Uh, you know, we'll keep you guys posted as uh, the results and the winners are announced when we get to the end of March. So cool. All right. You want to go first tip of the week? Yeah. You know, even at this moment, I'm still not sure which one I'm going to go for. And I'm guessing um, you're going to mention both. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to start off with uh, Russian Doll. Dude, I was going to ask if you've seen it. Yes, I've seen it yeah. all. Did you? Awesome. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I loved it. It was uh, maybe not what I expected, really, because, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, really, you know, kind of between seasons, uh, Vikings just finished, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, this uh, Russian doll, only, what, eight episodes, half hour long i could watch that in a night really yeah uh, as I, it was a, i watched it in two nights but same um, here you know and just the the preview that pops you know that runs on your screen when on netflix it looked like it was mostly funny you know like with a supernatural twist but i think after i mean the first episode was pretty funny and there were some funny moments after it but i don't wouldn't necessarily call it a comedy you know Oh, oh, exactly. No, yeah, no question. But, but uh, anyway, the, uh, the the premise is this uh, um, Natasha, I think, Leon, Leon yes, uh, yes. she uh, was in um, the uh, American Ar- Pie movies. And Orange is and, the New Black. <clears throat> oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that, but yeah. I haven't either. I just know she's in it. <laughs> and uh, so she plays a woman on her 36th birthday who leaves the party and is hit by a car and then that i'm sorry that's that's not really a spoiler they show that in the in the trailer on netflix and uh then she ends up back at the beginning where she was at the beginning of the party and she keeps dying and keeps returning and dying returning and dying returning and she's just trying to figure out what the heck's going on and i thought it was it was just it was all around really really good i thought yeah, no question. Um, and Michael and I are going to be talking about it on Sci-Fi Fidelity. I think it's going to release February 17th. And the Facebook post, and I don't remember whether somebody brought it up on our Facebook page or the Sci-Fi Fidelity Facebook page, because obviously a lot of the people go to both. But what I said is that I was nearly ready to quit after the second episode because she can be a bit overbearing. And oh, yeah. Things change in episode three, and that's all I'm going to say. And I'm so glad I gave it a chance to episode three because, like you said, I just knocked off three through eight in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The The character, and purposefully so, is very you know as new york as it gets you know sure. um you know love it or leave it right yeah 
and uh, can be, you know, especially this first couple episodes, is not necessarily someone you would root for um, out of hand. But as you said, things do change. So, yeah. okay, what's your so other one? Highly, highly recommended. So the other one is uh, the Netflix movie Bird Box. You seen oh, Bird Box? I have not yet. I plan to. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, my son saw it, and it, it seemed to me his his enthusiasm for him was lukewarm. He said it wasn't as scary as he thought it was going to be, and it looks scary because you see, basically, you know, it's there's like these demons have you know invaded Earth, and if you look at them, you'll kill yourself, like the, you know, just the sight of them. So, in order to protect yourselves, the people the people who want to survive have to basically learn to get along by blindfolding themselves whenever they're outside um and uh so of course that can lead to some very intense moments it's but it's not all you know it's not like every moment is is as intense like when i saw again that the trailer made me think like the whole time they're like going around the world with these uh, blindfolds on but uh, that's not the case and but uh, actually, you know, I so I I just again it was one of those things. What the heck? I've been kind of thinking about watching this. Brendan said it was okay. What the heck? I'll try it out, and I uh, ended up really, really liking it. Uh, Sandra Bullock is the uh, main character in that one. Now, my tip of the week is also a movie, and it's one of those that I keep seeing it on my Netflix feed when I'm scrolling through sci-fi tv and films and i finally sat down and gave it a chance now i'll be right up front not the greatest movie i've ever seen but if you're like me you've probably seen it and maybe you really didn't know what to expect so it's a film called 2036 origin unknown and it stars katie sackhoff from battlestar galactica who plays starbuck aka lieutenant kara thrace And it's the tale of the aftermath of a failed manned mission to Mars and the role that AI plays in mission control, but also in the ability of the human race to technologically progress. On the other hand, and this is only a mild spoiler, the AI goes rogue. But yeah, I mean, of course. But the (laughs) other aspects of the story are, are quite intriguing. Now, The downside is that it's primarily a one-woman show. Katie Mm -hmm. Sackhoff's character and the AI, who both intermittently converse with uh, Katie Starbuck, Katie Starbuck, Katie Sackhoff's mission chief sister via a video feed, and that's pretty much it. There's one other character. So I can see where a viewer would see the pace as a bit slow. But at 90 minutes... It's not a terribly large time investment. And like I said, it's been on my Netflix world for a while. I figured I'd give it a look and a tip of the week. So what I would say is it's worth a look when you can't decide what to watch. You know you want something sci-fi oriented. If you miss it, your life's not going to be any worse other than not seeing Katie Sackhoff on the small screen. So 2036 Origin Unknown. All right, cool. All right. Well, let's get to Travelers. We don't have too many more episodes. We get a chance to talk about this one's episode nine of season three, David, written by Jason Whiting, directed by Brian C. Knight. And, you know, the one line that just resonated so powerfully with me comes towards the end 
David, you're part of the team now. And obviously it's so bittersweet because, you know, we know David is just so, so, you know, deathly ill. I mean, you know, we get to the end and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, shortly. We've already seen a scene where we thought David was dead once. And then, of course, he comes back. So that's kind of what we're left with. We, we don't know. Can lightning strike twice? We have to wait till the last episode. Yeah, but right. uh, but just, gosh, David, you're part of the team now. And, and I guess the irony is he really has always been part of the team. It's just that nobody really acknowledged it. And I guess it would also be fair to say nobody really understood it more than the viewer. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Like we knew he was part of the team, but like no one else really did. I mean, everything he did for Marcy, and I think the little things are not to be overlooked. We've talked many times about the difficulty of integrating into your 21st century's character's life and, and how difficult that is. And, and, you know, people like Mac obviously has probably a more difficult challenge than, than anybody else because he has a wife. But yeah. anyway. So the, the thing about, though, when Mac tells him he's part of the team, it's in David's dream, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like literally he's part of the team only in his own head. Yeah, well, that's you know? true, but, too. But you're absolutely right in that, you know, like actually David kind of – is able to synthesize a lot of stuff this episode that he's been kind of mulling over before. It just kind of all falls into place finally for him. But, but you know, that, that doesn't take anything away with what you just said because he absolutely is, has been part of the team uh, before. And even if they don't, you know, Mac is not actually acknowledging it, that David's just imagining or dreaming that, of him and not acknowledging it. I think it's still, you know, I, that, that whole scene is actually kind of a nice send off for david you know where they're all you know he's not bleeding out and they're all sitting i guess it's his apartment they are um so but yeah you know i I like that well yeah and, and you know it's whether he turns out to be dead whether he turns out to come back knowing that we've only got one more episode i'm regardless, not quite dead what's that i said i'm not quite dead yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My but but you know, wasn't very good. But you know, like. but but just we'll never know one way or the other how he might have integrated into the team because let's be honest, the heroic act that he goes through here is enough to warrant a place on the team. You know. So anyway, all right. So the opening scene, we got a second nuclear explosion in Shanghai. And at first, I was a little confused by those ninja guys drilling a hole in the box, but obviously they are a traveler team trying to defuse the bomb, and I guess they must not have known that they were on a suicide mission. I, you know, or I they, think they, they messed up trying to defuse it, I think, and ended up setting it off. Oh, okay. Is that Okay, they drilled yeah, a hole. But at first and, I thought it was a heist. I'm like, yeah, heist. Woo, I love heist. Uh, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we find out that they're actually a, a traveler team, so... Right. Now, Marcy leaves a message on David's phone, and I, I love the little role reversal, And because we've talked again how David right. seems to always be leaving a message on somebody's sure. phone most of the time, Marcy's. And then he regains consciousness inside that locked archive, and there's blood. Which is surprising for 
pretty much all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, on the one hand, it's almost as if the writers knew they might not have a lot more time to tell their story. And, and look, all shows have to head into their finale knowing that this might be it. I mean, other than shows that have such a huge viewership that it's a foregone conclusion that they're coming back. So, right, or shows that have like, you know, pictures of the head of the you know, studio or something like that. Right, right. Now, <laughs> um, we see one scene with Catherine and Mac arrives home to change. She sees his bloody shirt. And dude, I don't know about you. Uh, look, I, I think she's really attractive. I mean, everything about her scores points with me but uh, and and i feel yeah. for her but boy do i dislike her now yeah i, I i've been saying that for a while and i we really liked cat before but just what they've done with their character just it just it it, it beggars belief you yeah. know like your husband's in the fbi you knew that he comes home he's got blood on his shirt and you're pissed at him uh, and, oh, well, I guess you were just out saving the world. Well, uh, yeah, thank right. you very much, mister. You know, it's just like, what? Like, it just, it doesn't even make sense. Like, and they're making her out to be a shrew um, and and not any longer, you know, we, I, we're we not at all sympathetic towards her at all, you know? So almost to the point where like, you know, Mac, you're, you're, you're well shot of her, right? She's, she's awful. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's had stuff happened to her so have other people you know like she's come out pretty okay i mean it's just there's no rational basis at all and like i said before like you know if, if you know your spouse all of a sudden forgot like some major event that from your life that she, you know he or she would never forget you wouldn't think there was something like so if, if you weren't the person that I knew, you'd think we need to go to a doctor. I've said this before, so I'm not going to dwell on yeah. it anymore. But I, I, yeah, I'm just done. Right. I'm done well, with her. Well, you mentioned, you know, she knows he was out saving the world. In fact, look, she was at home, and I don't know whether they call it civil defense anymore, but whatever. But the news of an evacuation was all over the media. She knows it was called off. He says, I was part of the team that found the bomb. Of course you were. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. really? Thank you, maybe? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and again, when she says the man he is now scares her, you know, she brings up what she sounds like regret that she didn't marry the other guy. And, and again, I'm not going to go over everything you've said because obviously I agree with you. He walks out and he stops, looks back at her and her, her back's turned and it appears he wants to say something. And you wonder at that point, is he so, I'm going to go ahead and say, in love with her that he's willing to tell her the truth. Now, of course, you're going to say, why would she believe him? Right. But is that what he's thinking at that point? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It could be. I think maybe it is, or it could be just a kind of final glance. You know, like he knows they're done. Well, and I wonder because this episode obviously has a lot of finality to it, especially with David. So having just come from David, knowing that David's you know situation is dire, is he willing to just throw the cards on the table and say, this is why I'm different and 
this is what's happened. And of course, then he's going to have the whole, why did you deceive me? Why didn't you just tell me the truth at the beginning? I'm like, yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. But well, I don't think even if she does believe the truth, I don't think that's going to help him much. I think in fact, that's almost like what she is thinking anyway, you know, like she thinks he's someone completely different, which is completely insane, but yet that's, that's what she thinks. So, you know, if anything, if, I like to think he's looking at it and saying, you know what? I'm done. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just too hard. Like, I have a pretty difficult job as an FBI agent. On top of that, I'm also kind of like trying to save the world all the time. That's kind of tough. So I don't need all this BS. Yeah. Like, it's just some point you just got to be done with it and, and move on. And right. I, I, but and we don't know. If that's how, what he's feeling now, but I, I'm, you know, I'm projecting onto him. I guess that's, that's kind of because I'm just so fed up with Cat and and all this ridiculousness. And, and it's not, you know, I think it's just they 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 just changed the character too much. They're, they're, and I don't think there's really any need to do that. But they made her completely just unsympathetic and and have no compassion for her really at all. I mean, well, I wouldn't say no, but just very little. You know, and and she was great before, and then they did this, and you know, it's no bueno, and, they, and now they don't get a chance to fix it. And the scene that I really love is back at Ops, and he's sleeping on his friend's couch. So, right, unfortunately, we're not going to get to see much of how that plays out. The other small story that continues to puzzle me is the unscheduled download that ilsa receives now obviously we assume it's director related when this unknown data transmission starts he immediately calls grace and grace says she'll feel better if this massive download is the one she thinks it is so what is it and on the one hand she looks worried on the other hand she seems excited about it Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you have any ideas what it might be? Well, if Grace is excited about it, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking it has something to do with you know the director. I mean, I, I know what it is as I've you know, watched the next episode, but when I first saw it, I had no concept. At okay, all. and it's funny because I forget. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but and even though you mentioned it, I still don't remember it. So yeah. cool. So I'll have something new to look forward to when there I watch you the go. finale. Some, something to look forward to, right? Exactly. Okay. Now we also see Jeff kidnapped by Zero Zero One, who is now working with the faction, and we assume funding the faction. And again, it doesn't take long to start putting two and two together. What his solo mission was and. You know, all the traveler questions that appear on the TV screen. And at this point, I don't know. On the one hand, given everything that 001 has seen, that he or she is still worried about the director. It just seems like the director's got bigger things to worry about than tracking down 001. Yeah, well, I mean, zero zero one has has caused problems, you know. Um, It's just, you know, my whole issue, and then when I reflected on, you know, watching the whole season, 
what is it the the first or maybe the second episode of the season? Um, you know, we have Amanda tapping, and and zero zero ones in her, and then like really nothing until last episode where I suspect that one guy was zero zero one, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but you we have that we, up. Yeah, we don't know what who who zero zero one is, and there's been like zero. Just zero, not zero, zero, one. Just like zero, like contact or, you know, like the zero, zero, one as some kind of nemesis, really. I mean, there really hasn't been like any kind of arch nemesis this season. The faction kind of every once in a while, zero, zero, one in the first one and now again in episode nine. So, you know, it just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know some people like more, you know, one time one-off episodes and some people like to have that really that overall arc and have like maybe the you know the 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 big bad for one season everything like that you know i don't know necessarily how to do it but just seemed like you know now zero zero one is back kind of almost out of nowhere you know well yeah and you wonder whether or not dawn really understands who zero zero one is if in fact she's got a direct contact with him but as you said when you've got a series that has an overall story arc with all these little mini arcs uh, dotted along the way it always amazes me when people will complain at the end of a show's run well they left this story hanging they didn't answer that it's like come on you know <laughs> these shows don't have a finite timeline for the most part so stuff's going to happen they make adjustments things work things don't but we were right. talking well, and about- then almost all of them eventually are going to end and not on their own terms sure sure you know so most of these you know series finales whereas if you know in in hindsight we expect closure well in reality that can't happen because the, you know they were expecting to have more and seasons and someone said nope it's not going to happen so they you know probably have to cobble together a uh you know a series ender that also can wrap up as many of the different narrative strings that they had going throughout the that that particular season sure right. now we were talking about Catherine's descent into unlikability and and of course we've mentioned jeff going in the opposite direction and i i i love when he apologizes for contacting them and and brings up protocol six but i didn't know who else to call and that that look when he sees carly on you know through the hole in the cinder block wall and and we just know that you know, it would be really fun if they end up together after everything these characters have been through. And, and of course, we know that Jeff's not the Jeff we started with, but Carly's not the Carly that Jeff 1.0 started with. And I just thought it would be really fun. And, and we see that. And, you know, he gets back to ops and he's in pretty bad shape. But, of course, next to David and... I think everybody realizes that, so they patch right. him up as best they can. Yeah, he just needs some bandages, you know, ice pack. He's good. Yep, yep. So 
obviously the bulk of this episode revolves around the nuclear device that David disarms and then the aftermath with uh, David back at Ops. So given what Philip saw, they determined that he's seeing explosions in a different order than they're actually occurring, which I thought was very cool unless I misinterpreted what they said. Yeah, I don't I don't know necessarily in different order, but like, well, yeah, I guess it was in different order. In, in one of the many realities that, that Philip can now see, um, I guess that bomb went off um, earlier. Right. But yeah, which is what you said. Um, so, yeah, so it, it turns out to be kind of helpful, as we kind of mentioned in the uh, spoiler zone, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, I think. Right. Now, we haven't talked about the countdown in quite a while, and I'm not talking about the traveler time of death countdown. I'm talking about the countdown to danger, and you know, right away they determine they've got 30 minutes until the nuke in. Are they in Seattle? <laughs> I was doing yeah. my yeah. Or, until the nuke in Seattle goes off, they assume it's faction because they stole enough uranium to make five or six bombs, and and okay, fine. So so Ma- nothing against that. Our fair sister city in the uh, northwest but uh why would they nuke seattle out of all the places in the u.s um that's where microsoft is or is that in washington i don't know <laughs> i don't know maybe they they just they don't like grunge music i don't know well you know it's funny because that's like van helsing these you know I, I don't know if i don't think they ever say it's mount st helens but there's some huge volcanic eruption that blocks out the sun and that and allows the vampires to come out from the shadows and move about in the daylight and anyway uh so so marcy's tracking david right she finds the bloody rag in the sink at the apartment she arrives at the archive how cool is it that she arrives via uber (laughs) right and she's talking to david via the comm device David is just such a great character. Am I dead? (laughs) No, I implanted a device. And, you know, she pieces together what it was that allowed him to survive, I think, as it turns out, like five or six gunshot wounds to to the chest. But he also still appears to be in a bit of a state of shock, which, given everything he's been through, given that he's got Marcy in his head now, well, um, and he just got shot. Yeah, yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. Right. And, and, <laughs> he's he, like, and there's like bullet holes in my shirt, which I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and of course the, the dead archivist is lying on the ground, you know, feet away from him. Yeah. Despite all that, can you hear what I'm thinking? <laughs> yeah. My, you know, well, what about my private time? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Which is just, it's just so David. And, right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, it's like such a, as I said, uh, overall great send off for him and to really highlight this character the entire episode, but really to, you know, not like in some, you know, like David all of a sudden becomes some great action hero. He really just is himself, like the whole episode. Um, where, you know, yeah, there's some deadly danger going on, but he's really worried about what Marcy has heard him doing or saying since this uh, device has been planted. Right. And and then once he learns what's in the case, his first reaction is for her to get as far away as possible. And I think it 
takes uh, Philip telling her that you know it's not going to matter. She can't get out of the blast zone anyway. Right. So, uh, so Carly and Trevor are en route to help disarm the device. Philip becomes the designated survivor. Once the team arrives at the archive, they've got to talk David through disarming the bomb. And and like you said, David has been David throughout this uh, experience. But now, and they don't really tell him, uh, you got two and a half minutes until it goes off. But they're very calm. He's very calm. He's looking around. He doesn't find anything. And I think it's Mac that says, check the archivist's body. Yeah, and that—that's when he finds the uh, Swiss Army knife or whatever it is. I guess this is some kind of knife that he uses. Yeah, but uh, Trevor continues to talk him through it, and what I really was impressed with is his ability to describe what it is he sees, given the pressure that mm-hmm. he's under. And look, I mean, you and I, English teachers, you know, writing background, all that description it still can be difficult. So, yeah. Well, he doesn't do a great job, but, you know, Trevor knows what he should be looking at, you know. Right. So he just, so when he says these things, like Trevor can picture it, but if like you and I were trying to picture it, we wouldn't be able to. Right. Now, in my notes, I've got that he cuts the wire with less than 30 seconds, but I think it's like less than five seconds left on the clock even though we don't actually see the clock we just hear i think it's philip uh you got 30 seconds 50, you know 15 right. or whatever but uh but then mm-hmm. when he's got to grab the core and throw it to the very ground, much like an episode 24 here uh you know you know you're not kidding um yeah. but as soon as he throws that core the reaction on everybody's face is not necessarily something i noticed the first time around right Mar- marcy immediately is sobbing because she knows as the others know what really just happened uh-huh. and uh, yeah just a really i figure d- grabbing a the core of a nuclear you know weapons probably not a great thing you know like well well yeah i understand but i guess just the I guess they didn't really necessarily think that far ahead or maybe they did and it was just an element that they had to ignore for the time being until it was over and you know obviously his hands are burned but when we learned that he's received a lethal dose and that his organs will begin to liquefy in a couple hours yeah it's just 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 wow it's a vivid image Right, and obviously they take him back to ops, and the hope is that the director will send help. And you know, we've talked about the Mac and Yates dynamic and how that's really something that, that I think we're all going to miss. And he ex- starts explaining things to her, and, and at one point she says, why are you suddenly telling me everything? Right, and I love his line that I just really need you to know we're on the same team. And on the one hand, that's easy to—I don't want to say ignore that. Well, of course, how could they not know they were on the same team? But but we know that they really weren't. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. she serves a different master than he does. And while I guess you could argue that at the end of the day, they're they're both working for the human race they're working for different human races 
True. You know, time-wise. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so he explains to her that the faction's been trying to destroy the historical records, and Fred's going to bring up in, in his feedback the thing about you know, how they stored the information you know, in the blood bags, which was pretty cool. I'm, I, I guess all that stuff's true, Fred. It sounds like <laughs> with his background would <laughs> know how much of it is true, mm-hmm. possible, outlandish, sci-fi, whatever. I mean, it it just seems like they're like, uh, you know, case of gonorrhea away from losing a lot of significant amount of their information. Uh, That's probably not true. So, but yeah, I'm sure Fred will correct me (laughs) with my lack of genetic knowledge. But, you know, it seems, I don't know. I mean, it's like one of those things you just kind of like accept, right? Right. But, But I mean, her question, which is, I think, the preeminent question well how do you get this information to the future the blood's Uh, transfused into known ancestors of people that survive in the future all right well that sounds good i guess it makes sense (laughs) you know right so right but but also with you know the future changing almost constantly it just seems like not a spectacular idea i'm just saying Right now, uh, Marcy's working on David at Ops, and and he notices that they all look worried. We are, Philip tells him, and, and there's just something about those two words that resonates again so powerfully with me, and I think with everybody else because nobody's really explained to David what kind of a situation he's truly in, and it certainly seems at this point that the director is not going to intervene. And then we right. get that heart-wrenching scene as David asks Marcy what's really going on, and he goes through all these things. So you still want to stick with FBI doctor, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I was um, a little surprised that she didn't tell the truth, it, which is ironic because he already knows the truth that he reveals later, although was it in, now I can't remember whether that was in his dream or – in real life that that he mentions that he knows they're from the future i think that's in real life um i'm not sure well regardless Maybe. even if Either it's way. in his vision but you know, it's in I mean, his vision like, because so, i'm sorry go ahead no even even if it's in his vision it's in his vision because the archivist told him that you know before right. she died no right right no yeah so that's real life that happens i think but, but uh, either way, yeah, you know, like the, the I think the, the big thing like you mentioned was the takeaway is the director radio silence, you know. Like they all have really valid points. David just did a complete solid for the human race. Like how come the director can't send some people over to to you know make them better? Yeah, whatever a D team is. Right. Detox D de- the uh, defense yeah who knows but uh, (laughs) but you know david and marcy have may or may not be a final moment i mean certainly he is getting worse she doesn't have any of the magic drug anymore and she starts to tell him the truth but uh, you know as i said that that's when he remembers what the archivist told him about being from the future and then that scene where she just looks into one of the cameras and just pleads with the director to do something and you wonder whether this is going to cause her to lose faith in the director and consequently the mission in the 21st 
Well, I mean, I was going to say that that's been kind of a recurring theme this season has been the questioning of the director, right? Yeah, sure, and, of course. Uh, so, you know, we would think definitely Marcy at this point would, you know, have some definite issues with the director if, um, you know, but for, for allowing David to die. Right, and would she try to leave the Traveler team knowing that the director could just overwrite her? But... Uh, and as you said, Grace has been that character who's always been there to defend the director no matter what and no matter uh, you know, a, a situation where the director probably didn't deserve to be defended. But, but still, then, then David asks Mac what his real name is in the future. <laughs> 3468. Well, that's a dumb name. It's yeah. one of the things we're in, hoping to change in the future. Right, right, um, and then just—I mean, how? Well, you know, but I, you know, I actually kind of like leaned in a little bit the first time, like, "Oh, here we go," and then realized, "Oh, the numbers really are their names." Like, yeah, yeah, and oh, then that just sucks. how heartbreaking! Just I don't know how many times he mentions it. I, I know a couple. Whether they can go home, uh huh. But, but bring everybody, you know, with us because I've still got a lot of questions, and then that takes us <laughs> into David's vision where they're all sitting in the apartment. And again, this is his perfect world. This is, I'm part of the team now. And, and, you know, the fact that McLaren articulates it within the vision, I think it it just makes for a perfect situation for David with, with, you know, again, within this vision. But I love when he asks, why didn't you just tell us what was wrong and how to fix it. And the mm-hmm. response, well, you already knew and you didn't do anything. Right. Right. And yeah, that's a pretty poignant line there. Yeah. And that we're here trying to clean up the mess, which you know is true to an extent for sure. But yeah. Um, I mean, it just, I mean, that is just a statement that really resonates overall with our society today. I mean, we know the things we're doing are, you know, devastating to the planet and we're not stopping anything. Right. You know, right. Like, and, so it, it seems like we're just like, like you said, you know, you know what's wrong, but you refuse to do anything. That's, that's us in a nutshell right there. Right. And on the other hand, it does seem as if the writer's, knew that this might be it because they they really start throwing a lot of details, a lot of questions and answers that we've wondered about for a while. And David says, well, you know, why didn't you just tell us who you were? With all of your knowledge from the future, you could change things. And Max says, because foreign governments would try to usurp our knowledge for their own benefit. And Okay, well, I didn't really think about that, but of course that's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, if in the first place, as Max said, like who would believe us? You know, it's just. But of course, you know, the this is all also going on in in David's head too. So, yeah, you know, we have to consider that. Well, well, right, but they are questions that we've wondered sure. about, and and even right, though right. In, and, and, even though well, they're I, in his head. I think reality would find the same answer to the same questions. 
Yeah, and I think you nailed it on on the head there. It's just you know they probably you know, the writers have an idea that that they're not going to get a f- season four, and you know how do you know that when you're like if you're producing for Netflix, it's not like you're looking at the numbers from week to week, right? So I don't know. I mean, I guess it was just in case we don't get a season four through this narrative device, we can actually answer. Um, some of the questions that our audience will surely have, right? And yeah. then, and then again, it's David's vision. Philip tells him, "Bravest thing I've ever seen." And in his vision, he and Marcy are kissing as he goes into a flat line. And right. as he, as he dies at this point, suddenly he lifts his head. Protocol Omega, which is something we've never heard before. Marcy sobs uncontrollably, and of course, we're left with wondering whether or not this indicates the director saw what was going on and chose not to act. So, yeah, well, not only did the director not act, but the director killed David by sending a message through him. Well, that's true. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. God, good catch. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's even worse, right? Yeah. Like, not only did the director, like, basically the director say, yeah, I saw, I know. I know he's there. I know he's dying. So not only did I, I let him die, but B, the director let him suffer for quite a while before C, the director killed him by sending a message through him. That's really a downer now that I, I yeah. didn't even, I didn't even catch that aspect of it and and of course we've known that for quite a while yeah wow yeah that's how they got double oh one right 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 so wow all right um double oh one uh anything you want to bring up that we forgot to talk about um yeah i mean carly gets a message from jeff and they're able to find him and everything so we're like maybe a little bit wondering how he was able to leave that message you know because he didn't look like he was in great shape the last we saw him but uh i think uh i have some things for the spoiler zone okay but uh i think as far as stuff for this one i think we're good i think i am at least okay all right well let's listen to fred's feedback section (laughs) and hear what he's got to say this week all right Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Travelers Season 3, Episode 9. Just one episode to go. Whoa. And then afterwards, you are going to do three episodes, The Hunting of Hill House, and you were talking about what to do next. Well, I still have some things on my list. You once were talking about True Calling with Eliza Dushku, and I still would appreciate it if you really do that. Furthermore, I'm very much into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the moment, ending season one and looking forward to season two, and then also be able to follow the Sandbox podcast of Dave with Mike. So one of my other suggestions is that season one is missing there. And since your enthusiasm about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you talked about it is underrated, as a stimulation for people perhaps to, to watch this show, you could consider doing season one and only season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
And furthermore, I have said more often, Hemlock Grove is perhaps an idea, but we also discussed that. What I have seen on Netflix trailers and other trailers, I'm very much interested in Westworld as well as Altered Carbon. So that were my suggestions. Second point, last week Dave was saying that sex education was his tip of the week and I watched that series for eight episodes You have to be a little liberal about sex to watch it, but actually there is not so much sex in it at all. It's just about the problems regular high school kids have with each other and with their parents. It's it's quite funny, but it also has a lot of serious topics in it as teasing and homophobia and all all other kinds of topics these, these kids encounter during their teens. It's a nice show. The IMDb score is quite high. An eight and a half on average. One thing I appreciated very much, although it perhaps was a slip of the tongue, that Wayne in the last podcast said, okay, I'm going to talk about this after the Fred section. I guess we'll talk about the how the the archivists, what their whole deal is. Because I know Fred brought that up, so I guess we'll talk about that in the Fred feedback section. So, I've been upgraded to a own section. Well, whoa, what an honor. And about this archivist, well, this episode explains it quite nicely, even over the generations. Well, it's an idea. And I said storing information in DNA is possible in my feedback for the last episode. And I was right for once that indeed David was saved by some nanites but I didn't expect they were coming directly from the blood he was holding. That was a bit unlikely, though. I thought they would move him to the garage and give him an infusion there. But I thought he was dead at the end of the last episode, and I'm thinking he's dead again. I have to admit, I liked David a lot better than in the last episode and the episode before. He grew, really, and he lost his silliness a little bit. And, as he stated, I can be naive, but I'm not completely dumb. And he is a part of the team now. So, actually, I'm quite sad, because if he is a present-day person like Yates that knows what is happening, it could have been a very nice and interesting story for a fourth season. So having a team consisting of real travelers and also present-day people. It was interesting to see David's dream and how he looks at what the travelers do in, in this age and whether it's their responsibility and perhaps it should be the present-day people's responsibility. Well, it was a nice discussion. And furthermore, I don't have so much about this episode. I really liked it. and. Uh, On IMDb, it had a 9.7 or something like that. Well, as we know, IMDb grades can be quite questionable. So, after recording this audio feedback, I even perhaps are going to watch the last episode of the season and perhaps the last episode of the series as a whole to look if Mike of Danovki is right and that the end is quite satisfying, although it could be better. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands, and I'm very curious what other series you will pick. 
All right, Fred. Um, he brings up some suggestions for what we might do after Hill House. One of the things that Wayne and I have talked about and that we agree on, and we're not going to mention any specifics tonight, but we really want to do something that neither of us has seen. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're thinking at this point. Now, in Fred's suggestions, True Calling, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. The problem is availability. It's not on Netflix. It doesn't appear to be streaming on Amazon. Now, I know you have Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Are there shows that you can buy the DVDs, but it doesn't stream? Yeah. Okay, so that seems to be the case with True Calling and Amazon. So so my problem with that is availability. Now, if we find uh-huh. you know, that's not correct, then you know we'll you know maybe revisit that agents of shield season one um yeah again it's it's something no i have to I, I, i'm just gonna pull it call the put the kibosh on that one yeah and, and again we've both seen it so it, it really doesn't fit the bill uh hemlock grove i haven't seen other than the pilot you have seen it right yeah i absolutely loved hemlock grove and um, that's a show I could see sometime in the future, us maybe you know doing a little uh, podcasting about. But but yeah, like right now, I really would like to uh, to check out something you know totally new. Right, and he mentions Altered Carbon, which I think is probably a great show to discuss. But again, I, I've seen it. Westworld, even though I've seen it, um, uh, one of the problems I would have with Westworld as a podcast, you know that. West that that online community of Westworld, it, it's like they're so rabid about the show that uh-huh. I, I I'd be af- I think I'd be afraid to <laughs> say something that you know would I, I you, you get what I'm saying I I yeah I I kind of interesting I mean again I love Westworld and I think we talk about it every now and then I th- I'm, I'm comfortable with our level of Westworld. Like Westworld is kind of like Game of Thrones and Doctor Who, where you know we'll talk about it, the season opener, um, the season. Well, actually, I think you're finally actually officially on board with Westworld. Right? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it took us a while for you to actually get to to the fandom part, but I think Westworld will be like a show like Game of Thrones and and Doctor Who that when it it happens, we're going to talk about it. Um, because we're huge into them and, and they are big, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't think we need to go into a whole podcast, especially that's there are so many Westworld podcasts yeah, out yeah. there too. You know, right? And again, one of the things that we consider, we try to podcast a show that there are not podcasts available, or there maybe only one or two or whatever. Yeah, uh, and, I've, and I've listened to so much of the Westworld stuff that. I, I would probably end up saying things that were like we wouldn't really be saying original ideas. Yeah, you know, right, we we sure. say original ideas that were born from talking to people we work with, listen to on podcasts and everything. So that's I, I like stuff that's new to us, so that the ideas that we generate are at least to us are are fresh ideas. Right, right. Uh, Fred, glad you enjoyed Sex Ed and. You know, as you point out, it's funny, yet it still touches on some serious and less serious issues. 
Now, regarding the Fred section, dude, you know we seriously appreciate you taking the time each week to share your thoughts with us, the community. And, you know, one of the things that's so cool about Sci-Fi TV Rewatch and the community is that we're a pretty geographically diverse group. We've got active members in Canada, England, of course, the Netherlands, Germany, just to name a few that immediately spring to mind. But, but obviously, we appreciate that. Yeah, tons, Fred. I mean, you have much love, brother. Right. We, now, love, uh, uh, we love the feedback, love everything you do. Yep. Now, he mentions the system of the archivist and storing data in the DNA, and he says it was it was nicely explained. So, Fred, we're going to go with your expertise on that one. <laughs> I, I, It sounded cool to me. I didn't know how realistic it was. And, you know, maybe it's not, but, you know, again, you, you say it was cool, so we're going to go with you. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did want to say this about it, is that, like, I guess if you – you know, inject this information or this blood into enough people, you increase your chances of it finding its way genetically to the future, right? I mean, my biggest problem with it was that the future is changing so much because of the travelers going back. Like, how can you guarantee that someone who is a survivor in the world now, as it is in the 24th century, will still be a survivor once the travelers have done mucking about right well that's true yeah so. that that is true um let's see now oh fred mentions the incident with david and how you know last week he he was dead and you know now he appears to be dead and and i'm know, feeling happy it, it happy. wouldn't be that well uh fred i would direct you to take five number 12 when is dead dead and that <laughs> right. was uh yeah, a, that a little piece i did back uh, oh gosh well i don't even remember when it was uh, it looks like 2014 you know but but yeah absolutely i agree with you on that you, you just can't toy with uh, our emotions too many times and expect to be taken seriously and that, right. well especially uh, you have a big scene like this and if they bring him back then that would really kind of feel like a betrayal not that you want him to be dead but you have that emotional scene and you you say goodbye right in a yeah. way and then and all of a sudden he's back it's like wait a minute hold on yeah yeah yep. so yeah and then uh, of course as he said he finally likes david and and i i think for you and i we came to that much quicker than fred did but and then of course he, he talks a little bit about david's dream which which uh you know we talked about and and i thought that was a really nice way to get a lot of information and and if we want to say it was an information dump on the hand on the at the hands of the writers knowing they might not have much time left then then so be it it, it was handled well and then fred says he's going to binge the rest of the series now that uh so yeah fred go for binge the, the last episode <laughs> yeah it's not so, quite binging if it's just one episode fred well but this is it's this fred's world it's a big uh, step for it. it's a big it, step for our boy yeah absolutely no question so all right uh fred thank you as always and uh you know we'll see what you have to say about the series finale next time but let's head over to the spoiler zone and the spoiler zone. if you haven't seen episode 10 stop now Come back next yep. week. Right. All right. Uh, obviously, there there are a number of things that we can bring up in the spoiler zone. I'll let you have yeah. first crack. Well, let's 
first talk about Jeff is not Jeff anymore. Okay. Jeff is now 001. Okay. And and so like this is a total spoiler because when they pull him out of the wall, hello Poe, you know, we think they're rescuing Jeff, that they saved Jeff from some elaborate and unnecessary means of death, right? Like yeah. if you really think about it, like if they wanted to kill him, they just kill him, right? Yeah. But right. they wall him up. The he like I, I said during the podcast, I, I kind of let slip a little bit there. You know, how did he call them to tell them where he was? Right, right. He, he really didn't really. Uh, so you know, basically, and and it it you know the the team should have been a little bit more suspicious as well. But they, of course, they have no idea. They don't know he was taken by zero zero one. Um, so when they get there and they. And Max like, hey, this wall looks like it's been recently like it all just like it's all just a big setup, right? So well, that- I, right, you wonder whether we get to see the trowel on the inside of the wall, right? You know, did he brick himself yeah. up? Yeah, like Hill House, right? Yeah, or did he have yeah. one of his minions do it? Well, exactly. Well, he probably had one of the minions do it because that looks. Would look very suspicious if the trowel were on the inside, right? Um, but but yeah, yeah, I mean it's just a complete setup um, to so oh one can can get on, you know, the inside of of the you know can be now sure have access to the travelers whatever right right and and is it that he knows that they have a direct line to the director? Is that right. why he wants to infiltrate? mclaren's team we assume he he knows I, that i don't I mean, know why he's so yeah. I, I don't really know why he's so bent about mclaren's team in the first place you know you're right like what's his deal like yeah well mclaren's team is as far as we know the only team that does have a direct line through ilsa at this point true so but does he know that though yeah well but he seems to know everything that's true but anyway what else you got I mean, aside from so, David is dead. Right. Well, David is definitely dead, dead. He's not coming back, though we will see him again. Actually, he does come back. So he's right. not, he's only mostly dead. Yeah. Um, but what I was wondering, and this is even a wonder thing, even with having seen the last episode, does the director let David die in order for everything else to shake out like it does eventually with Mac ending up going back to what 1999 and preventing 001 from ever from ever arriving right and basically you know they just hit a basic big reset button the big do over button um so did the is that what the director wanted and they knew if the director lets David die then that would bring about this you know whole causality that would lead to mac eventually making that decision right yeah 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 no that's a great question and yeah i'm on board with that so okay and, uh, anything that's, else that's basically that's about that's all i have okay all right. you got anything no that this just the things you mentioned okay so. all right well i guess we can go ahead and leave it there and one more to go so it's been a good run with travelers and yeah 
But yeah, you know, it really it's is fun. a bummer, you know. Like, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I was looking at the website uh, this morning, and you know how we've got all the shows that we've done, and Travelers did the entire run. Dark. Well, we did the first season, but we are planning to come back. The Librarians. Sure. We did the whole run. Lost Girl, of course, that was our, you know, our, our beginning, and, right. and we always intended to do the entire run. Birds of Prey, Firefly only had one season. Dark Angel, we only intended to do season one, but there was a call for us to do season two. It was a popular two, clamor. All right, yep. same thing with Dollhouse. Uh, Haunting of Hill House. I don't think it's necessarily a foregone conclusion. We'll do season two. I guess we'll we'll approach that when it happens. But you know, while we really liked it, uh, you know, that's a conversation we can have later. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. So it's not right. like dark is indefinite. Like we're definitely oh, doing yeah. dark. No question about that one. Hill House. It's a, that's a we'll see. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll leave it there, and that's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. We want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Travelers, Hill House, which is going to return, anything else going on in genre TV. Encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community, and, of course, if you're already a member, spread the word, bring in new members. Emails can go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com voicemails you can either use the speak pipe tab on the website or just send us an audio clip we'll be back next week to take a look at the series finale season three episode 10 of travelers titled protocol omega but until then so actually dave i i in this episode i found the title of my autobiography when i get ever down to writing it it'll be kind of short and probably mostly boring but it's a good title I know at times I've been willfully naive, but I'm not completely dumb. 